are now recording. This is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and Abe is, he's unfortunately not here today, but Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then we have to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks, and this is, uh, it's a mix of two, because it is our fun commentary track for October of 2019, but it is also the concluding episode of our 2019 horror specials that we've been doing all month. This has been a fun month of horror specials. We talked about haunted house films, not, uh, horror scenes and non-horror movies, Wes Craven's People Under the Stairs, and just recently practical effects in horror films. So we've had quite the lineup of cool things here, and that's all available where you can find our, our show. And that goes along with the many other horror episodes we've done throughout the past several years here. Uh, but now we're concluding this month with a new commentary track for Toby Hooper's Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. And joining me to discuss Texas Chainsaw Massacre, we have, from Wise the Blue and the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast, he has survived, but what what's left of him? It's Brandon Peters. Hey, let's hurry this up. I'm hungry. Also joining us from Wise the Blue, part of the next generation, but not the beginning, it's Peter Paris. Hey, hey, what's up? And joining us from the Milky Way Blues, he has just finished a refreshing bowl of head cheese, it's Yancey Burns. Hey, guys, how you doing? Glad to be here. Good. Glad to have you guys all here. How are, how are you all doing this evening? Good. <laughs> Uh, pretty good. I want to after this uh, tonight, right before I go to bed, trying to catch up on American Horror Story 1984, which I'm enjoying for Halloween. I'm good for you, too, actually. I'm stuck with it. Yeah, it's, I, it's good so far. Yeah, I'm still with it, but man, I, it's fallen pretty far from me since that first episode. Well, I haven't seen. I'm about to watch. Is it? The hundredth episode was last. Yeah, I heard that's really good. It's not. I heard that was really good. I, I'm, I'm still in, invested. So sometimes American Horror Story. Sometimes just like I just tune out and just never finish the season. Like uh, the last, the Apocalypse one. I was like, eh, whatever. I just left. I've, I've done that too. I've had many where I haven't finished, but I feel because it's the slasher genre. I feel like I am going to finish this one. It's having a lot of fun. Anyway, we're not talking about American Horror Story. We're but talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But speaking of speaking of slasher. <laughs> So yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do a commentary track for this show, for this film. Uh, for those of you that are unaware, basically, Peter, Yancey, Brandon, and I all have the movie currently synced at two seconds in. And when I say go, we're going to press play and just start talking about the movie. If you want to follow along, you can do just that. And you can do that very easily because it's streaming on Netflix right now if you have that. Or if you just have the movie, because why wouldn't you? It's great. You can watch it that way. And you can follow along with us and we'll tell regale you with stories that are all synced to the events of the film but rarely actually talk about what's on screen. Or if you're just listening to us because you want to and you don't have the movie, whatever. You just get to hear us talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and whatever else we talk about. So that's what's going to happen right now. Guys, are you ready for this? Yes. 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 All right. Three. Two, one, go. Okay, so right away, um, we're going to get into all the credits here. I want to talk about John Larroquette, who narrates the, the opening uh, scroll. I, I wanted to look this up because I, I, I didn't really know. It's like, why is John Larroquette doing the, the narration on this? And it's just because he was friends with Toby Hooper. Like, they he met through another friend. And I guess in the at the time, Larroquette was like, he was doing a lot of DJ work. And so he already like kind of had his voice all developing and he just, someone asked, uh, like a friend called him saying Toby needs a favor. And he just said, yeah, sure. And he did this. And that's the end of it. I don't even, I, I, from when I read this interview, I don't know if he's ever actually seen this movie, certainly not the remakes. Um, so whatever the case, he just happened to stop by and help out. He came back for one of them. Yeah. The remake maybe. Perhaps he re-recorded the remake intro, yeah. but yeah, he's never actually like seen the movie. He just like did it. 
Do we know if Brian De Palma wrote the scroll? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Scarface joke or just a rumor? No, he wrote this. He wrote the Star Wars one, Star Wars Episode Four. He wrote it. Okay, yeah, no, okay, yeah. that makes more sense. That's why, because it's saying, you know, maybe this was his thing in the seventies. He just likes. He just writes scrolls for movies. Yes. <laughs> That's his I thing. I don't think they would have had access to Brian De Palma. At... <laughs> no, <laughs> I know. Making this movie, maybe, but who knows? Maybe De Palma's just like driving through Texas and he met <laughs> met Hooper. <laughs> and some, and got to, they got a lot. Um, we're talking all over this intro. This sound effect is awesome. Like the what this like flash yeah. bulb like going mm-hmm. out. Yeah, it's such a it gets you. It gets you right in the mood, right for this movie right away. Um, I am a big fan of this movie. This is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I like one of my favorite, not just like in the list of like fifty. This is like one of my top five favorite horror movies of all time. Oh, um, I, I think the movie is absolutely fantastic. It's ingeniously constructed. It's terrifying without being gory, which is something we'll certainly talk about. And it has so many like great like visuals and ideas for how to present this story of the macabre that I just I, I, I'm completely into it. Um, and it just looks fantastic still too, especially for being like you know a, you know a fairly inexpensive horror film. But how about you guys, Brandon? When did you first see this movie? Uh, I, I saw it in a pretty young age. Um, I was getting into horror because you know it's one that you hear about and got to check off the list. But it was. For me, tough to find um, rental-wise video stores back in the day because it kind of had a wonky. Uh, has a the first one has a odd home video history. Um, it was once owned. Uh, produ- this movie production-wise was once owned by the mafia. Right. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, I saw it, and man, it was. Th- it left me unsettled in a way that uh, no other horror movie really had before because I just. Didn't know what I had seen. It wasn't like everything else. It was made me uncomfortable. Like I just, it was insanity put into celluloid, and it was the craziest thing I had seen. Like one of them. Like, and it's yeah, it's one of my favorites too. Um, and it's actually just really well made for mm-hmm. the crap they went through. The no money, just. It looks great, and I Joe Bob Briggs once got la- was laughed at back in the day when he did uh, Monster Vision, whatever. And I think he showed this movie, and he called it one of the greatest movies in American cinema history that it ever made. And they're like, oh, and it's like, no, it really kind of is. It's quite effective still to this day. I want to get to you guys as well, but what are we seeing right now in this opening credit sequence? Seeing meat packing or mm-hmm. close up to animals, right? Sunspots. Sunspots? Yeah, so it's sunspot. Oh, yeah, sunspot. like right here, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I only know that from the commentary, I think, on the original movie that was done, whatever. Yeah, those are sunspots, which led to a whole sort of theory that the movie, the behavior in the movie is based on sunspots happening, which is just very, way too literal, I like, think. Like but, solar flares and whatnot, like right. affecting the atmosphere and getting to people. Making the family go crazy, yes. Not a great theory, but some people look for uh, meaning, you know. Yancey, when did you first see this movie? I first saw this movie, I, I saw I saw scenes from it in a, in a documentary Universal put out in the 80s called Terror in the Isles that uh-huh. I was in love with at the time, and I was tempted into renting it, and I watched it with a friend one afternoon on the weekend while eating fish sticks, as I recall. <laughs> and, 
sense be- memory there. To be to be totally honest, at the time, I remember thinking that it was not nearly as frightening as I was worried it was going to be, and that it felt very tame compared to the other. Uh, you know, I, I would have already seen Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween and a lot of other more at that point modern horror movies. So my first viewing of this movie, I was. I mean, I was a kid, so I don't know if I understood what the word underwhelmed means. But I think looking back, I was underwhelmed. Since since then, of course, I've come to agree with you, Aaron, that it's one of the five greatest horror movies ever, for sure. And also one of the great American films as well. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's you know. But yeah, my first viewing was I, I, was, I was probably 10 or something, 12, not old, you know. I believe that armadillo we saw was like something Hooper like just found. They're like, yeah, let's use that. <laughs> Put it into our shot. Uh, Peter, where were you when you first saw you this? Know, I mean, honestly, I was pretty old. I think I was in, I think I was after college. I I feel like it was VHS. And and, and like Yancey, I had already seen tons of, sla- I mean, I had seen Halloween and Friday the 13th. And I'd seen so many of those movies, but for some reason, I hadn't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I, I want to say it's probably like college, and I want to say VHS. But I, but unlike Yancey, though, I actually thought it was pretty riveting. Like I, I just that it felt so, I guess, very which is what a lot of people say. It just felt very raw, felt very much like at the time. I probably didn't think of it as like a documentary or whatever, because I know a lot of people say that. But I guess it just had a very loose feeling about it. Um, but I, I liked it a lot, and I found, you know, I mean, we'll get to the end, but I found the whole experience very visceral. Um, but yes, I do not remember. I don't have a, I don't have a fish stick specific memory. Um, but yeah, so I know I um, rented this movie when I was in high school. The first time I saw, it. I've seen like I had seen clips of it before, but I never like seen it in full. And I was like, all right, let me watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> and like I saw it on a crappy VHS on like a small TV. But I agree with you, Peter. I was like just taken in by this thing kind of right away. And he, like even this stuff, I'm like, all right, I, I see what it's doing as far as like setting me up. Because yes, I had seen like lots of other horror films at that point. But it, it's once you get to like that iconic shot where it goes under the swing and all that, like all that stuff happens where I'm just like sucked into like the horror of what's taking place and the, the unknown and whatnot. And then even for a crappy VHS tape with, you know, no surround or whatnot. When Leatherface slams that door, yeah. you hear that, yeah. you hear that beat, and it's just like things are turning. That's when I'm like, this movie is getting to me, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm scared, but I'm also like, I, I'm not gonna turn away from this. So from that point onwards, like, well, I'm on for, I'm in for the ride on this one. And yeah, by the time it finished, I was like, well, this is fantastic, and I can't. Like, I, well, can, I, um, can I ask a question to everybody? I, I pretty much, I know Yancey's answer, but um. I started reading and watching, you know, at uh, at the movie Siskel and Ebert and reading reviews. Uh-huh. Probably Back to the Future, I want to say, because I'm I'm older uh, than you guys. But but I will say that like I was very big into like what Siskel and Ebert were liking. But I, and I think Yancey has said this before. Ebert has, except for Halloween. Uh, he's not a big horror guy. We've talked about I, this mm-hmm. a lot on this podcast. Yes, Siskel yeah, and Ebert, both of them, like they're, they're they just were not in, especially in the eighties, on horror. For the most part. Ebert, Ebert gave Ebert gave this two stars. Yeah, two star for him. Yeah. Two stars. I was like, come on. At the same like, time, yeah. I mean, beyond just the writing, like 
he does admire like the acting in this movie and like the technical craft. Like he does point out the things that work does, for him. Certainly for something like this um, and other like I believe like you know the shine. Doesn't he have a negative view on the Shining also? I mean, what did he give the Shining? Doesn't like it. He did it as a great movie later, so he came around. He on came it. around he to it, just like Star Wars. He re-reviewed Star Wars. He didn't give Star Wars a glowing review, and he went back and changed his mind on it. No, Star Wars. He gave four stars. Star Wars gave four stars too. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he, he gave a. Star, he loved Star Wars right away. Okay. He loved Star Wars. He thought that the he thought the the Death Star scene went on a little long, but he still gave it. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. But wait, so four so stars. He, Ebert's always been four stars on Star Wars. So he changed his mind on the shot. He didn't like the shining. Yeah. He did a great movies piece. on Same it with like on. Blade yeah. Runner, Blade Runner. He wasn't that in, like he gave it three stars, I think, but he wasn't like that into it. And then it became a great movies as well. Yeah. Well, I thought it was funny uh, recently, not to, to throw it into the, the Scorsese conversation, but there, there's a video of them uh, defending uh, return of the Jedi to a critic calling yeah. it basically a theme park where people are like, see, you know, Cisco and Ebert were always, I'm like, whoa, 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 let's not forget their their tirade in the 80s with horror movies where they were giving out people's addresses that made them and public and like well, shaming Cisco Betsy Ebert Palmer for being on Friday, on Friday the 13th on her show. Don't act Cisco like these guys were. didn't give away any addresses, did they? That doesn't sound Silent like Night, that. Deadly Night. He posted them on the air. Yes, he was. They were not happy with that movie. Like the, um, the producers, the producers address that. I guess that's fine. They, they, look, were, they every, were every almost every major critic that was active in the eighties hated horror movies at the time, almost entirely because of the fact that the gore existed. And yeah. you know, if you look at Leonard Malton's movie guy when that was still being published, he gives most of those movies really low ratings. Right. He'll say, "Oh, it's a brilliant movie and performances are exceptional. Unfortunately, it's overloaded with unnecessary gore scenes." One and a half. You know, like the remake yeah. of the fly, he does a, the remake of the fly, remake of the thing. He gives one and a half stars. Right, like, exactly. That's Uber what I'm saying. Oh, I'm saying like two stars. It's too. It was too graphic for them, and they couldn't handle it. They didn't it have fan bros back then to be on the internet to call them out, though. So, but I'm just saying, they, <laughs> they they were against they were against and calling something not cinema or whatever as well back then too. So getting getting, getting oh, the thing is, back to Texas. Eber, Eber, yeah, see, we got yeah, see, This movie's 83 Eber's minutes long. Reviews. We don't have that much time. Ebert's <laughs> <laughs> reviews were published in those books for for years and years, and and these movies reviews were always in there. The Star Wars reviews are always accessible later when he went online. His older reviews became available, but I think e- Ebert at least has had. Pretty good taste, except for horror movies going going all the way back. Well, even horror not, movies, he's he just, he's more like it seems like he's just more picky. Like he, and he, he also could... saw that he liked Iron Man. He gave that four stars. Yeah, I, I'm aware he gave Casino Royale four stars. Like I mean, but I mean, as far as his horror taste goes, Casino Royale to, deserves four stars. It does. Uh, but I mean, he, he <laughs> he's just more picky when it came to horror because like he liked The Fly. Like he liked, but like he didn't like The Thing. He, like I mean, he never wrote a review of The Fly. He said he liked it. Mm-hmm. Didn't like Dead Ringers. It, it was the gore that turned him off. Wait, I gotta ask. With the movie, is that guy's the red on his face? Is that real? Yeah. Well, no, it's blood. Yeah, blood. Oh, it almost looks like a strange birthmark. It looks like a weird birthmark. I mean, that's, yeah. I think that's kind of the point, though. It's just like this guy's just this is how he is. Let's talk about this cast a bit. We'll get to Marilyn Burns soon because she has plenty to do in this film. But the rest of these people. Uh, first up, this hitchhiker, Edwin Neal. He's gross. He's a gross guy. There's a lot of gross people in this movie. <laughs> Is a lot of like what's the what's that what's the one actor today who's always greasy and things? Um, he was Jeremy uh, Davies. No, that's from the he's no he's the late '90s, early 2000s guy who's always greasy and things. No, um, the 
He was in what's he in? He was in um well American Paul Made. Dano? No, well <laughs> American Made, um Three Billboards, uh, he's in that X Men First Class. What's his name? Uh that's gonna bug me. Oh, uh the little the uh ginger guy. kid? Yeah. Oh, um something uh I'm to find it. He's in Get Out. Yeah, he's in Get Out. He's the brother in Get Out. Oh, the guy. Who Caleb Landry Jones. Jones. There we go. Caleb, Caleb okay. Oh yeah, yeah you're exactly. right. That guy's kind of gross. He's, he's a grimy. He's a grimy guy. He's like he's always play, like playing grimy guys. Oh. Yeah, this guy. He's a he's a he's a grimy guy. He's cutting his hand right now. He's he's laughing away. This guy. No, this character. Now that character, the hitchhiker character, is the one that they they have his dead body with them in the second one, right? When he pops. Yes, Step yeah. Top of the van. Yeah. 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 And I always love like it's crazy you don't think of it first but when they they boot him out of here he marks the car with his blood so yes, the old guy knows who they that. are. I love how on uh the way Hooper presents the little signs along the way that they're walking into trouble are presented so subtly. Mm-hmm. Like the big there's a big section of netted off VW bugs like that are covered with nets so you can't see them. He doesn't really make a big deal of pointing them out so much, but you go, well, hold on, why are they trying to hide these cars? Like, clearly they have, they've taken the inside, the people from the cars and made them into hamburgers or whatever, but the dread builds slowly if you're watching closely, you know? Mm-hmm. I like that he has his camera. He wants to sell pictures. <laughs> he has his, like, <laughs> like, what's what's the alternate version of the scenario? Like, they treat him well and he just, like, lets them on their way? Give him a ride. Comes running back up later, you know, an hour from now. You're like, oh, that guy. He's part of the family. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what's crazy is I, you know, for years, you know, Hooper. One of his inspirations for this movie is you know Vietnam. Yeah. And I was like, okay, whatever, you know, sure. Um, and and it wasn't until like this most recently when I I watched the 4K of, uh, Apocalypse Now that I couldn't stop thinking about this movie for some reason. It was like really clicking, like things oh. were. Well, it's interesting you say that because I was gonna say, like a few minutes ago, that shot of the um the opening before the credit, the opening shot of the yeah. of the corpses and and that the way the smoke goes through the graveyard, I was like, oh, it looks like Duvall in Apocalypse Now. Right. I yeah. feel like this movie informed Apocalypse Now to some degree. Like, I, I, Coppola had to have seen it, right? Oh, for and, sure. And yeah. yeah. Oh, they all, they, I know they all, there's, there was a screening of all those guys who watched this when it came out. Spielberg saw it and loved it, which is why he wanted to do Poltergeist with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was really popular. Uh, yeah, yeah, Corsese, like, I think, you know. That's why I'm thinking De Palma could have just came by and then <laughs> they're all <laughs> friends. I didn't friends. know if you were going that deep. I'm, of course I'm going that, we're, we're on a film podcast there. I know how deep <laughs> I need to go for these things. You threw a sir in there. You want to duel? <laughs> okay so edwin neal gross guy how about franklin how about paul a parton as franklin i will say this i know a lot of people get very irritated with him understandable i get it i don't find myself annoyed by him he's certainly making a big deal out of things but i don't it doesn't grate my nerves oh i don't mind franklin i mean he's he's the, i mean he he's the kind of character he's supposed to be but i don't uh, yeah, I see. He's 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 much less irritating than the the sassy the sassy wise ass that we get nowadays, like a Simon Pegg or whatever. I mean, like I don't. Yeah, he's fine. You say people don't like him. I think there's a there's a you know, 
the things he does certainly like gets on people's nerves. Like, oh, this guy's always complaining and whining, <laughs> and he's blowing raspberries at one like forever at one point. Also, by the before oh, he, he is definitely a a in your ah. Can can we just say it is a that is an art. Somebody should write a song. You what? could have something like this in a movie without making it repellent to the viewer. You perfectly enough so you're not disgusted by him, but you get how odious he is. Uh-huh. It's like with the little kid and the, the way the little kid is, because he's such an awful little kid that mm-hmm. if there was too much of him, it would be an unwatchable movie. But there's just the right amount. It's a masterful balance. And, the, and Hooper watches it here with this Franklin character who is really rough. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be in that bus with him, that's for sure. Oh, for sure. When, right. So, to back up, when that hitchhiker cuts his hand, that's when I, like, he's throwing, like, for one thing, I'm not picking up a hitchhiker to begin with, but also, I'm throwing him out right the second he starts cutting himself. They yeah, wait, right. uh, they gave him an awful lot of rope <laughs> before they like, actually get rid of him out of the van. 1973, man. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, pre- yeah, peace, love, and rock and roll, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now, Franklin was originally supposed to be played by Mel Gibson. Wait, is that true? No. Okay. <laughs> Fake news. Yeah. No. Yeah. This. Uh, the rest this, of this crew is fairly interchangeable. I mean, they do their job or whatnot, but I mean, the rest of well, them the, are... the driver dates the movie horribly. Oh, it could um, be because of the glasses and the shirt and the hair. The, the hair. <laughs> yeah. Sideburns. He's like, he's like, just in case you wanted to know, this is the seventies. Seventies. Yeah. Wait, you don't think I, 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 sort of like that? Okay, not this guy, I guess. But I mean, like all the all the the youths are kind of seventies. I think they're all kind of dressed. Oh up. no, well, yeah, they're, they're probably seventies. The, the shorts and the bell bottoms and what? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, but at the same many time, of those styles came back in some way, shape, or form. Like in the nineties, the girls were dressing like that. Um, again, because there was a bit of a seventies comeback uh, in style then, but none of that stuff came back. That's a good. That's a that, that's a good point. When I see the, the pattern on the driver's shirt, I am reminded of my single favorite moment in this movie, which I can't help being my single favorite moment. I just want to mention it now because I won't be able to, I won't remember when it happens. But when he encounters Leatherface, the shot where he sees him in the movie is the first, the first time he'd ever seen the actor in that getup. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So his, his shriek as he's about to be killed is completely real. My friend and I used to sit around watching that over and over, just laughing our heads off at the thought of that. <laughs> See what I mean? It's it's a real shriek. Like, imagine if they pulled that shit on you. I get that, and also like what makes it stand out to me is because he. He gets like knocked down like a rag doll essentially. So you see this mm-hmm. like this scrawny guy wearing a very distinguishable like piece of attire just gets like knocked the hell out right away. <laughs> so it's oh, just he out to gets you. scared shitless. Why is the I'm car wash filmed. guy not invited to dinner? Because he's just the car wash guy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he you know he hangs out. To his trailer, he didn't know what's going on. With yeah, him. He has, you know he hangs out. Yeah, he has long hours. He was tired. He has to go home. <laughs> so. We, we have um, what is it the, I guess Mr. Sawyer. What's his name? <laughs> Jim Seidow. Jim Seidow. Jim Seidow is the actor. Yeah, I don't think he has a like a name. I'm sure he has a name. He does in the second Drayton. one. Here Drayton. Here we go. I found it. Drayton. Drayton Sawyer. They call him. They don't have names at all in this one, do they? No, he's just the cook. I think Sawyer comes in the second one. Because you didn't know when you're, you're watching this movie for the first time, you have no idea that he lives at that house. 
how yeah. that gag works. Yeah, he just credited as old man in this movie. Yeah, yeah. They didn't give him Sawyer name till the next one. Yeah. Right. And then what they actor. I don't know if he ever was in any movies other than the first two Texas Chainsaw Massacre that Jim signed out. It's good though. In this he's role. In, uh, he's in Hot Wire. That sounds about right. Yeah, that's got a, a 4.3 on the old uh, IMDb here from 1980. Yeah, right. An episode, episode of Amazing Stories. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. Right. Oh, Red Alert. Yeah. Had a big that's debut right. in uh, The Wind Splitter. Can I ask a question while we're while we're in this this kind of section of the movie before before yeah. it all yeah, takes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Brandon had mentioned uh, the apocalypse now and the Vietnam thing, and I've heard um, I've heard different reports. I like I've heard one thing where it was like is either Toby Hooper or maybe it was Daniel Pearl, but it was somebody who who was pretty big, like who worked on Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it was like when people talk about oh, it's it's clearly about vietnam and being numb to the violence and everything and they some of the responses like well we were just making like a horror movie and stuff my question to you guys is because honestly we're never really going to know like i have no idea like how important is that to you like especially i especially think with horror and science fiction when i watched the really good ones like like this you know i or the shining um i i kind of go oh i kind of think the filmmakers is tuned into an anxiety or something that's going on in the era. But other people will be like, well, if, if, if that's not what the filmmaker intended, then I guess we shouldn't think of it. I always think that's kind of a like bogus way. I always kind of feel yeah. like, I mean, I don't know if it, if it feels like, eh, this feels very Vietnam-y, whether or not they intended it or not. I just so societal impact. You never, you might make something that you don't realize you made because you were impacted by the times you were living in. So he may, someone may not go, I intentionally set out to make a Vietnam movie, but they accidentally made something very Vietnam because that's the media they're getting. That's the entertainment they're getting. That's the stuff that's inspiring them at the time. They just don't realize it's, it's influencing their work beyond that. though. I mean, Hooper, exactly right. Hooper has has said many times that he was, he was very directly influenced by just like what, what he was seeing in the government at this point between Vietnam, the, the Watergate thing, like there's, all of that's intended on his part, but you're, but yes, I agree with you, Brandon. I mean, as far as the culture just reflects on you, regardless of if you intend to use it or not, it's subconscious at that point. Like you're, like, you're, you're, you're I, I, I used to... curious. We, I, 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 Pete and I have talked about this for for decades now. Uh, my thing is always, well, if the movie plays well without my knowledge of that, what does that mean about the movie? Mm-hmm. You know, do I need to know that to get the movie? Do I need to be aware of what Vietnam is like, Pete? When you say, we, and we've been talking for years, when you say it feels Vietnam to you, obviously the era is the Vietnam era. You can tell by the clothes and stuff. But what what is it about the movie that feels to you like it 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 it, it reflects on Vietnam? Are you what, are you asking me or rhetorical? Yeah, no, I'm asking you. Oh, I mean, to me, I mean, because obviously I was pretty little, so I don't really remember Vietnam or anything. I'm not that old, but but I guess to me it's more about well, there's news, there's history. That right. I think of the I think of the numbing to I think about how people in the 70s, I thought I heard that was the first war where people would see the news and they would see like violence in bodies and stuff. And so a part of me feels like this movie with the slaughterhouse and everything, they're kind of putting our face into that that that's the kind of stuff i'm thinking about does that make sense speak speaking as one that's you know you know younger but was at the time in high school was studying Viet- like our english teacher we had a whole like program about Viet- vietnam more specifically um 
It wasn't a war. It was a conflict. Okay. Just just going off what I was learning at the time and then watching this movie around the same time, it's like, I get it because there's, you know, there's a lot of disorientation. There's a lot of, we mentioned the numbness to the violence, but just seeing the even just the implication, which is mostly what's going on here, implication of violence and horrible things happening, the kind of dishonesty going on throughout the, like there's, it, the mood is very, it's very evocative on purpose. Like I can, I I can't say that if I saw, I can't say that if I saw this movie in 74 in theaters, I'd be like, well, I definitely think I know what Toby Hooper's going after at this moment, but like watching it and like being feeling informed enough, like I, I get where that comes from. Well, it's evocative uh, 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 of Vietnam because it was made by a smart filmmaker during that era, of course. So it's going to reflect that. I think. I think. I don't know if you're quite. I, I my take would be that I don't think the idea of violence or sudden violence or horror. I think that was not something that was new to anybody. I think everybody's father or grandfather had stories about stabbing a nazi to death or watching a guy get his guts blown out the, the viscera of that what, what what was new at the time was the thought that america would would actually uh, uh send young people into into a slaughter uh for for political gain reasons and not for heroic reasons that's true what, that's well, so that's what's going on here. The, the 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 Sawyer family is treating them like they're just cows to be turned into meat. There's no sentiment at all. That would be the idea being that the American, the the, the, the you know the the, the 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 government was 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 feeding American kids into this system for insincere reasons. And the, and the result is brutality and just no no mercy in all of this. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's I mean it, it's a number of things that I'll kind of add together to give you that. Oh, that's disgusting. That whole nest of spiders. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, also if you look at it, you know how in Viet- I don't know Vietnam well, I mean, I didn't grow up in then, but all I know is my studies, history, media, but in every Vietnam movie, there's always that guy that loses his damn mind through it like slowly goes crazy and look at franklin in this after the instance with the the guy in the car he's unsettled he starts going he becomes more i guess annoying uh with it but he's he he's kind of that person that loses their mind a little that's bit a movie, that's a war movie cliche going all the way back i don't think that's specifically who loses their mind in like halloween or like i meant like going nutty not no, in war, in war movies, like oh, war movie, yeah, war, war movie. Oh, I think it's war movie. No, war movie. I think World War II yeah. movies have that. And of course, when we think of World War II, we think of the movies, not the actual war. Haven't you guys right. seen Ken Burns' Vietnam? That's a good. That's a good doc. Yeah. It's nineteen hours, but it gives you a good, <laughs> good honest view of the Vietnam War and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, the only thing missing from this movie is a Creedence song. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, there isn't even one in the remake. And you only get a pick from well, like two of them, so well, no, because they they had um, uh, Leonard Skinner, so they're they're all right, the way to Leonard Skinner. Was there even Leonard Skinner on the soundtrack, or they're just going to a concert, right? Oh, in the remake, yeah, yeah, no, they have Sweet Home too. Alabama. They play Sweet Home Alabama. I've seen oh, it that's once. True. So. That's true. Uh, yeah. You know, I will say, I uh, while I don't think that the remake is obviously as important or as great as as we were watching right now. I think the Texas remake is the only one of uh, Michael Bay's. Is that Platinum Dunes? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yep. I think that's the only one that I really enjoy. Like, I don't like the Friday Thirteenth remake. I don't like the Emmy Bill horror remake. I, I don't like the Friday Nightmare on Elm Street one. But uh, I the Jessica Bill. Yeah, it's well, fun. His thing. I, 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 he does uh, all the Purge like movies, doesn't it? The Platinum Dunes does the Purge movies, doesn't it? No, that's Blumhouse. 
Isn't it both? Platinum, Platinum Dudes was introduced just doing these remakes. It is. Yeah, it's, the, it's both. It is. It's the. It's the. It's uh, the. It's okay. Both. Yeah. Now, I, I guess I was talking about the. When, I'm talking okay. about this era. Of, yeah, if you're of, talking, yeah, no. If you're talking about like the the big, you know, that big four, or whatever. If you like yeah. Nightmare, Nightmare and Texas Chainsaw and Friday the 13th, like that makes sense as far as. I actually I like the prequel to the remake more than that remake yeah, because like it actually yeah. got oh, I can't the point stand of. That. I saw that with P. I got in trouble. Oh, Yancey and I saw that. Wait, what? Yeah, we saw that together. I got in trouble. I was working at E, Comcast, and I was writing reviews for the in-house newsletter. I wrote a one-star review of of the prequel to the remake, and I liked the remake. I'm with Pete. The remake is pretty solid. Um, I wrote a I wrote such a savage review that the PR like the PR person got in touch with me nicely and told me I couldn't be that mean about 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 movies in, in the in the newsletter. <laughs> Really? Wow. I, um, I hated that so much. I do like I, the I remake. Say, I like the early army element. Her running him over again and again. I, I, I do like that remake. I think it's solid. I don't know but, what I don't know what Yancey hated more, uh, the the Texas prequel or the remake of Carrie. You hated that. Oh, well, that movie's terrible. I gave you a tongue lashing after that screening, Pete. Even though I asked to be invited, I'm sure I think I gave you a tongue lashing in your life. <laughs> well, not helping it's just how... to bring me to that thing. We don't need to talk. I mean, we have a whole episode from a couple years ago talking about Carrie. I don't need to get into why I hated that movie so much. But the it's awful. I I haven't I haven't I haven't seen um, the Marcus Nispel remake. I haven't seen the first one since I saw it in theaters, and I just recalled not enjoying it very much. Um, maybe 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 I would appreciate it more now, just knowing more that I know about mm-hmm. film, especially knowing that it's the same cinematographer. That's something I didn't realize yeah. at the time. Yeah, which in, that pearl. intrigues me. It's like, well, that's actually pretty cool. And I remember specific moments that I do like in it. I just couldn't get into it at that time. I saw the beginning based off Brandon and Scott Mendelson's recommendation because they really liked it. They thought it's they like the best thing <laughs> as far as these things go, and. I did enjoy that. I I was I was into like what it was trying to do. I don't think it's perfect by any means. It's a little it's a little too much of everything that makes this family iconic happens on the same day. So it's like yep, yeah, right. Yeah. That's I have to really buy yeah. that. But besides that part, it's like, well, it, at least you had the cannibal thing going again, which the remake yeah. didn't for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I remember leaving the remake going. Wait, did they didn't say anything about cannibalism at all in that movie, did they? Not say, show, nothing. It was just, just we're a mean family that kills you if you stop in our part of the town. Out of comparison, I mean, this is a masterpiece. It's purely out of. If that were just Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Five, you'd be like, that was pretty good. But because it's called Texas Chainsaw Massacre, well, because it was built off of four previous entries, they didn't have to tell me about the cannibalism. I know what they were doing. But if they're starting over, um, yeah, just, oh, and I'm not a hater thing. of that remake. Movie, I think it's a, so precious. You, there are so precious few really good horror movies. I, we can't let semantics stop us from saying yes. The Dexter Chainsaw Massacre remake, the Marcus Nispel one, is a very solid. I mean, it's better than Wrong Turn. It's better than all of those. It's a very solid, atmospheric, scary horror movie, and it's got a really good Arlie Ermy performance. It's Have you a guys good heard, movie. It's, you guys seen? Has anybody seen Wrong Turn besides me? There's like I a mil- saw Wrong Turn. So I've good. seen. Not only have I seen turn. Wrong Turn. I can mostly name the sequels to Wrong Turn. <laughs> <laughs> I saw like Wrong Turn yeah. like five once because I had How to review the Blu-ray. Are there? There's are... six Wrong Turns, I believe, oh my right God. now. Wow. Joe Lynch directed. Yeah, one I would have of... thought you kids were all about the Wrong Turn movie. That's how fast time is going now. There's um, hold on. The guys like me. I think Pete. I think the second one's Dead End. 
Yeah. I think there's a I there's, bet it is. Last, last resort is the latest one, I believe, because I got like that PR for it. Uh, there's a there's blood in a couple of the titles, like bloodlines. There's U-turn in one of them. There's no U-turn in one of them. Which that that'd be the prequel, which they haven't made yet, of course. Um, oh shit. But regardless, yes, I, I don't know why. I guess it has fans. It's, it's a, like, I think we talked last time about like how many Scorpion King sequels there are and Death Race sequels and then uh, the, the Marine and Jarhead, of course. Somehow Fox is like this wrong turn franchise. We have this yeah. thing going. <laughs> yep. I like I like that now that you mentioned it as, 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 as a sidebar, I like when Fox takes these movies that are intended with, to be edgy and turns them into straight recruitment. Like the behind enemy lines thing, I thought was kind of a, oh, yeah, behind enemy lines. That's another one <laughs> to, tur- to turn that into for Jarhead to then become a, a straight up like you know Marine porn series is like that's I, I, like weird. I guess I guess like Danny Boyle has a good lock on his twenty eight days series because that could easily have been like for you know could oh, still, yeah. could still be going. We could be in space by now, but twenty eight centuries later, twenty eight sequels later. <laughs> you know, it's weird. I know I know people who think that the twenty eight weeks later is better. It's because it is. That's yeah, why. It's, That's the reason. It's because it's a better movie. I thought, wait, 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 wait. It rocks. It's so good. Wait, this. Wait, I thought. Wait, the first. I thought the first one's the the one that everyone loves. That's the. That's the. It's kind of what brought the. Zombie. I think the first one has a really great first two acts, and the third act is like okay. The second, no, I would, the second I would, one rocks. The second one's just a solid straight. Straight up never horror movie. The it's first got some. One, never saw the second one. It's got oh, some. Oh, look great, a tooth. It's got some great themes in it. It's got some great. Um, oh, we're getting. Oh, is it? We're getting to this scene. We're getting. But and you know what's funny? This it's movie... got great. It's got great singular performances from uh, Idris Elba and Jeremy Renner and uh, Rose Byrne. Like it's got every like. Rose Byrne, Jeremy Renner. Those people are in that. Idris Elba, like I just said, yeah. There's uh, Robert Carlyle is Robert Carlyle is a zombie the whole movie. It's awesome. It's, it, the, the opening <laughs> is one of the best openings I've seen in most horror movies. Like 28 Weeks Later is great. Okay. Yeah, I, gotta, yeah, I never I gotta... really liked 28 Days Later. Yeah, so, we'll watch weeks. Sequel's good. Sequel's okay. good. All right. Oh, yes, here we go. Pipe down. Here we go. So there we <laughs> As I keep talking about 28 weeks later. This uh, this whole scene right here, you get the pig squealing. The the use of red here where, like, the movie's so desaturated. It has this, that, like you said, the documentary kind of feel to it. it it's unclean, but doesn't look like this place has been, like, vacated. Uh-huh. It's, oh, it's, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. All of this right here. But this is such a, like... What's gonna happen? And then this hulking figure comes oh. out, knocks this guy down. Oh. Like what's and he's just like the all the moving on the floor. Ugh. Ooh. And then it's like it's the picking up and then the sl- that slam. It's so like perfect. There you go. It's just yeah. the perfect sustained sequence of horror right there. It pretty much builds and builds at a certain point, and, and yeah. when you get to Leatherface, oh, this is the shot too, right? The woods at night, yeah. you've got straight. Oh, that shot is great. He repeats it in the in the in the in the remake because it's such a, a it's a perfect shot. This low oh, angle yeah. tracking shot where you're not getting too many tracking shots at this point. Like there's like. Well, I love those far shots of the van driving. Those uh-huh. are pretty. Where it's like real little. Um, those oh, are no, uh, like Daniel Pearl's cinematography yeah. is excellent throughout this movie. It's just oh, yeah. like there's just these iconic there shots. Maybe some here. allure to the female subject as well, although I guess we're not supposed to say that. Oh, play, what's playing into it as far as basically like pure innocence and you know something nubile, I guess is the right word to use, versus whatever hell is awaiting her on the other side of this door. Oh wait, is she the one who's gonna get like that hook? 
Dang, I forgot. Well, there's, I, only, there's only two women in this movie, so yes. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> survive, so. it's funny, they do describe this as, as semi-documentary style. It's not really very No, it's bad. not, but it's, it's more... Just it's just sort of... It but that was you, like, that was the seventies though. Yeah, it's the same with like French Connection, where it's like it's not a documentary, but something right. about just the grittiness of it just made people think, yeah, it's like a documentary style. I don't know why they became well, a fad. Not, it was it was handheld and close up. Like I mean, normally you'd you'd set a scene, you'd have every you try to get as much action in in one shot as you could. Oh, like you, it wasn't as cut as much, well, and these are in your face. Is there music here? I don't remember. I have it muted, but not it, here. It, no. No. Yeah, because it's just sort of happening. You, you're getting you're getting the uh, the flashbulb sound though in certain places. Yeah, yeah, it's it it, it feels documentary because there's not any there's no Hitchcock twisting it up to make it more suspenseful than it is. They, they stage it in a way to just make it feel like it's just happening, which is why Leatherface just pops out, grabs him, and slams the door. It's like that's what you would see if you were there. It wouldn't be a, a more dramatic reveal. It would be a weirdly uh, minor key reveal like that, if you can call that minor key. Well, we relish in this and call it beautiful. It was down and dirty and more raw for the time. Not just this movie, but like French Connection and a lot of the stuff. Like even Bonnie and Clyde, that's entering that realm. Yeah, that's like that's the beginning of that era. Yeah, it's the beginning. I mean, you get it with get all these the new Hollywood stuff. That's all. Right yeah, the here. Godfather. Like every. I mean, even the classy films weren't that way. They were breaking new ground and showing and us a way to look at films. Contributable to the Vietnam thing, really. On I was, I was about to say though, yeah, yeah. I was about to because you have this kind of like guerrilla style filmmaking in the same way that like newscasters are just like doing whatever the hell they can in the midst of this, you know, just crazy th- insanity going on around them. Like what? This is it. So is this just like a? I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to think practical reasons. Like, is it just that they they collect all the bones or something? Like, what is this room for? They're weird folk. I mean, the, the, <laughs> the, the it's 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 same as like you know Psycho and every other thing that imitate tried to imitate like Ed Gein, where it's like oh. they just have mm-hmm. shit flying around because they're crazy people. Like, it's some of it's clear, yeah, some of it's not. This is the only scene. That, this is the only scene that has any connection to the. Ed- Thing. Otherwise, he's just a lonely old guy who stole dead bodies and ended up. Well, Leatherface. He wasn't like. A... Yeah, let the Leatherface <laughs> thing. <laughs> the the yeah, light Ed not... Gein connections got everybody to put that... based on true events. Yeah. Great. I remember. Well, I, yeah, light. but there was no, there was no. It was just Ed Gein was just an old farmer guy whose mother died and he kept her. Uh, he kept her corpse and then he went out and dug up other corpses and cut them up and had sex. He went to a pharmacy or something and he shot an old lady. And he brought her home and did it too. And they came along and found in the, the plate when they walked into his here plate. Comes it was this house of horrors. The house of horrors. But oh! he was just a docile old freak. There was no Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was in Wisconsin. I think. But that scene of the people of all the junk in the in, in the in, in the in the bones is very Ed Gein. I like how many people think you actually see the hook penetrate her it's in this like, movie. That's uh, one of the like... most just like Scarface, where they're like, "Yeah, we saw a chainsaw go through a guy's arm." No, you didn't. Yeah, no, you <laughs> didn't. It's all it's all very edited. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's so funny. I thought I thought you know Scarface. I hadn't seen it in a long time, and I thought I saw that. I thought like I got some like because I bought it at Walmart when it came on DVD. I thought I had like an edited version because it was from Walmart, and I was like, "Well, wait, that they, they never really did show that." So we're watching right now this woman that's been hung on a hook, seeing her boyfriend get chainsawed. <laughs> but we're not we're not seeing any of the actual violence. It's all implication. It's still terrifying. <laughs> like what is? Well, going also, on? Halloween's not that gory either. Nope. Like not really. 
mean, like they're no, the the, the the slashers don't get gore. I mean, these movies don't get gory until Friday. Really, that's the one that Friday like, Thirteenth. Let's go yeah. for it. Let's 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 uh, let's add, bring Savini into let's, the yeah. Pool. Let's have exactly. Let's add Savini. Who we were, we were just talking. You guys were not. We were just talking about that on Practical Effects horror special but yeah savini comes in it's like yeah we can i got some ideas <laughs> what year what year is halloween which this, savini was halloween a 78 a this is 74 vietnam just saying. when's friday 13th 80 80 it was filmed in 79 released in 80 and it was a huge and it was a pretty big hit oh it was, was huge that, yeah. yeah it was yeah it was the next step see like like <laughs> halloween was the laid the, the blueprint for everything but like friday was the one that everybody started cashing in after but it was one of like and Craven's you know, on the side because he has there. like he has Last House on the left, and he has The Hills Have Eyes. They're not like insanely gory, but they're certainly violent as well. So then you have what's a Sean? Is it Sean who who helped produce Last House? Is that Sean Cunningham? Sean Cunningham, yeah. yeah. Him and Craven yeah. were buds, and they were making porn and stuff together. And they made Last House, and then Hills, and then which uh, Ebert loved, by the way. Ebert loved Last House on the left. He loved, yeah. Three and a half. Stars, yeah. cops like, keep it light, you know. I mean, I know it's, it's probably a hot take here, but I really don't think Friday Thirteenth is in the same ballpark as Halloween or. Oh, well, I don't either. I, don't. It's not, <laughs> I mean, it's like, not, but not at all. Like it's it just, I don't, I don't think the filmmaking. I don't think. I just, yeah, it's weird. I don't, and it's, it's strange because it, it's, it's very like the the guy with the hockey mask is almost more iconic than even Michael Myers. Like it's just that is so much what we think of with slash. You know? He had he had eight entries in a decade. Yeah, he had yeah. It's, it's just like it's just like Jigsaw now. I mean, where that was year after year. I mean, it, these things stick out for reasons. <laughs> Do you think those are good, the Saw movies? I personally am. It's weird. I have very I have a lot of opinions about the Saw movies. I don't like any of them. Aaron <laughs> said, goes to every one of them. I've seen every one of them. I can tell you everything about each one of them. I can tell you the plot. I don't like any of the movies. <laughs> Yancey, I think six and three are fine. <laughs> What? What do you think of the Saw movies? Um, I hated the first one the first time I saw it. I still think it has the worst uh, avoid. Basically, the huge plot point that it is avoided by camera uh, angles. The two guys. We never see that the body is not breathing because the angle is never on. Uh, if if you haven't seen Saw, I'm so sorry, but it ends on a reveal. <laughs> That works for a lot of people, but it only works because of the, the camera angles that were used throughout the movie. Regardless, I saw it again, and yeah, it's got some grungy charm. I watched probably, I bought that Blu-ray for like 20 bucks, you know, the whole series. And I watched like the first three or four, and all I can tell you is that there were some enjoyable scenes and some overall enjoyable movies in there. But it started to really become awful when a certain character entered i don't remember what character it was but i just i checked out about half probably hoffman costas mandalore i don't don't remember anymore because it was so all i remember now is kind of like not liking any of them and thinking it's not just because i'm a it's not just because i i don't think yeah they're to me they are there's some clever scenes obviously and they have an appeal these breaking your way out of these scenarios things like the mark Wahlberg one was pretty good or Donnie no, Donnie Wahlberg. Wahlberg. Donnie Wahlberg. Right, yeah. was pretty good as I recall but I, it left so little impression that I you know I love the absurd continuity throughout them and their dedication to making all to, that work to be, I, I gotta I applaud them for just the ridiculousness of it it, it yeah. adds a layer of comedy to the to the films which I'm, I'm okay with the Saw movies um, there's some I like 
ones I really, really don't like. But Peter. any anytime you're gonna get up there in sequels and still be playing in theaters, I, I'm I'm all for you. That's fine. Peter, getting back well, to I get to tell you, me, it's, it's, we, I, it's, it, I love the, the movie Seven, the David Fincher movie Seven. I just saw it again. I love it, but I always dislike any movie. And Saw is very, 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 very guilty of this, where the bad guy is sermonizing at you about what oh, terrible yeah. everyone in the world is. Tobin Bell tells you how awful people are, and, and it, it, it becomes sort of like, well, go fuck yourself. I'm not going to. Everybody wanted to. It, it's a. It's like a fifth generation hand-me-down Hannibal Lecter is what it is. Oh, it's exactly what it is, Brandon. It's exactly what it is. Fifth generation Hannibal Lecter. Okay, so not not about Saw. Getting back to this, we're gonna Chainsaw. Watch, we're gonna right? watch, yeah, back Chainsaw. to Chainsaw. We're gonna get we're getting to Kirk getting his due here. This guy's in about thirty seconds when this guy sees Leatherface, he's actually seeing him in for the first time. They didn't know it was gonna happen. So when he shrieks, it's an actual uh, shriek. As you would react yourself. It's coming up here somewhere. What's great about this whole sequence is that we've seen everything happen so far. So now this guy's he's gone into the house. He's gone past the door. He's gone to the room with the hook in it. It's like, what's (laughs) what's left at this point? Like, what what other horrors can be discovered? Well, there's a body. And she's alive. Um, There's some great jump scares in this movie. And then then, then he just comes there. Real. That's real. Wow. The shot before he hits him with the hammer is him seeing that for the first time, not numbing. Do they just go? All you're gonna do is see her in the uh, see her in the fr- see her in the cooler. That's all you're gonna see, and then they're like, "Go get him, Gunner." Yeah, yeah imagine you've never <laughs> seen that guy in costume before. It's this great stuff. <laughs> but look at that. Watch Gunner Henson right here, because this is great. Where he like he's just done this thing again, and now you just get like focus on him for a while, and just Doesn't watch he him like ad or something. Wait. He... It's just, it, it's this like, I mean, you talked about childlike innocence with um, Franklin. It's the same with him. It's just like, what am I doing? Like, I guess, all right, let me think about things. I don't know, like, there's, yeah. he's processing something. I don't quite know what it is, but he's just like. probably inherited from Frankenstein, the, the universal Frankenstein movie. Yeah, there's a lot the of that. The, like... the man-child sort of whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think this is the first scene where we realize, okay, this is a, this is some kind of complex character and not just a monster. Yeah. We're going to see more of him than just killing people. Usually in these movies, you just see the guy, the, the, the Jason comes out of the shadows and stabs somebody. It's over. You don't see Jason go back to a shack and sit down and open a beer and just sit there. You never <laughs> see that. There's not a folk. There's there's some kind of humanity going on here. I mean, yeah. this this is a family movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, the second, I never thought of that. The second we, one especially. Um, <laughs> right, we never see that. We never see... Yeah, you don't see you don't see Michael deal with things. You don't see Jason deal with things. He, Freddy's off in Dreamland. Like you know, it's not it's not the focus of those films. You're you right. Know, I can't believe it, we've never seen that. This is a, this is more in line with Psycho, where you have you, you get a lot of time spent with you know with with uh, with Norman, like it, which makes sense. Is coming after that because I, mean, I guess we see Michael. The other films. I I guess we see Michael in some of the sequels where we see him in the institution and he's staring at the wall. I mean, I guess that's sort of like. We're seeing him in a private moment. Those never happened. They destroyed all that. Wait, what? (laughs) Those never happened. They destroyed all that. Remember? They came to our homes and threw away our sequels. Right. You you can't watch them anymore. Can't watch them anymore. It's it's a green or nothing. That's what they say. (laughs) DGG. Yeah, you wouldn't see Michael Myers just flipping channels in a cell. (laughs) It's true, though. You're right. That... That is a pretty nice. I've always liked that moment with uh, Gunner, and and you're right. We don't 
I never thought of that. Like, uh, see, you learn something on a commentary all the time. Like, I, I never thought that before. Gunnar wow. Henson, by the way, who passed away a few years ago, I've seen him in interview. Like, yeah, I've, I've seen, I've like been in a Q and A with him. Like, he's like the nicest person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's yeah. Just, like, <laughs> Well, it's like he's like the John Goodman of horror villains. Like he's just like seems like a big bear of a man, super smart, plenty of great things to say about people. Well, he disappeared after this for like, like ten years. Yeah, yeah. Well, what happened? Like I was, um, we had last year on um, uh, my show, we had Linnea Quigley uh, came in. Uh, we had an interview with her last year, and she was uh, she was in a movie with him called. Uh, it was his first movie since uh, doing this. Uh, it was like Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. But she said she had, like, met him at a convention or something. Like, he was just a guy going to it or something like that. And she's like, you... And yeah. She deduced that he was... She's like, you should, like, go to the... People would go nuts. And he's like, no, no. Like, he had no idea the, like, that people... He knew the film was well-revered, but he had no idea that people would care to ever meet him or want to put him in movies again just because he was Leatherface. And she was like, no... She's like, you'll do better than me on these. Like, people who wear masks always do better than anyone else, and mm. that. And then all of a sudden, they worked on that movie together, and like he took off with conventions and you know getting parts in B movies and stuff. But yeah, they, he had no idea for the longest time that anyone would have cared to know his side of the story, or which makes me makes me wonder if uh, you might even know, Brandon. It makes me wonder if Dwayne Jones had a similar like he avoided after night of the living dead right he avoided the spotlight completely if he had yeah. lived in a different era he would have been constantly getting there's a fight. lot of people i'd like to know what like you know lucio fulci missed his boat man like he's oh, super he popular been. now he, he was happened, not man. back then yeah like his like i and we don't have commentaries with him or anything like that it's it's a shame uh but there's yeah so many people that they just missed it. like imagine donald pleasant's now, God, can like you he, imagine Donald Pleasant? Right he would now? be the like, king God. of all the yeah, conventions. He'd yeah. be in so, he'd be in so he'd be many big it movies. On shoulders everywhere he went, he'd be carried around like a king. <laughs> <laughs> they would have brought him back for a Bond movie. Like that's what you know, like because you would have got that director. It's like, oh crap. Access part of, part of Dwayne you Jones. Bring a certain, you could bring a certain group of people, like five hundred guys from a certain group of people, like horror fans. And you could say in Auditorium A is Robert Redford and Auditorium B is Donald Pleasance. They would all go to B. Yeah. <laughs> part of part of Dwayne Jones's thing, I mean, he just just stopped doing it, right? Like he did that in Ganja and Hess and just kind of like went back to teaching. Like, yeah, like a, lot those pits, a lot of those Pittsburgh like, people just stuck there. I mean, like that's pretty much it. Like they just did the Romero movies when he was in town and nobody really I mean, some got roles in other things, but most of them are pretty much tied to whatever they did with Romero back there. Cause I mean, you shot all those movies in Pittsburgh, which is a long shot away from Los Angeles. So that's, that's I mean, that's a big upheaval. And if yeah, someone's maybe, constantly making in, movies in your hometown, something maybe in the minority, usually, usually I hear otherwise, but I actually think that the acting in Romero's movies is almost always really pretty good. So it does say something for how intense local pools of actors must be because if you have good taste but only draw from Pittsburgh actors or whatever, I think his casts are almost always filled with good actors. I know people get down on this guy screaming in Day of the Dead, but I think Joe Pilato's great in that movie. Well, hey, Joe Pilato's play, he's playing a very specific type, and he nails it. I mean, it's yeah, he's perfect. I mean, yeah, one of the greatest actors of all Jones, time, Tom Atkins, is from Pittsburgh. Nights ago, Dwayne Jones is 
beyond being such a handsome guy, he's fantastic. He's a fantastic mm-hmm. performance, you know? Everything's, like, it's like, everything's rather heightened in the in Day of the Dead specifically, which I think adds right. to it, which you well, appreciate over time. Dawn of the Dead, I think, is the most consistently well-acted, but, I mean, that's just that's on another level for me. Well, <laughs> just think across, for someone who's using actors you, you never see again, most of the performances are pretty good in Romero now, movies, let, I think. Getting back to this movie, um, we just saw Franklin just get destroyed by a chainsaw Mm -hmm. um what i like a lot about how this movie played the the structure of this thing more than the over the first half of this movie is daytime there is so much daytime horror in this which i've especially after seeing midsummer this year which i still really really like and uh, keep thinking about it's it's really neat to think about movies that are set during the day films like this that really want to you know shock and terrify you but don't need to rely on the shroud, the shroud of darkness to do it. And now we're like in the darkness, which is for me watching the movie the first time and watching this movie subsequent times because it still scares me if I watch it in the right atmosphere. It really pays off because you've already seen like the worst stuff happen in the middle of the day, and now it's like these two people are left. You know this guy's out there. You know he's not gonna. You know he, he's not making it easy on anybody. So when is he gonna happen? And the movie like. I can't say the jump scares are like, man, these are crazy jump scares in the same way that other movies really that really rely on them are like crazy effective. But at the same time, Hooper knows what he's doing. He knows what he's trying to elicit from the audience. And he really has it pay off when you have Leatherface appear at the various times, including this time where he could come out at any point whatsoever. And he does. And he destroys Franklin. And now he's going after Mar- poor Marilyn Burns, yeah. who's suffering <laughs> throughout this movie. He mutilated the kid in the wheelchair. That's yeah, like, exactly. Now yes. anyone can go like uh-huh. that's. Well, there's only her left, but yeah, right. Mean she could she could not survive. Like that's once you kill the kid in the wheelchair, you're like oh crap. I mean, I mean, think about it this way again. This is you know this is pre Halloween. There's this is still in the proto slasher era. There's no there's no formula oh, for this. There's kind no of thing. final final girl. There's no final. That's not a thing yet. And yeah. The only thing that that best thing can go off again, as I mentioned, which has common in common with this movie, Psycho. Where that's a movie where they do eliminate the main character and you follow the villain for the rest of the movie. Well, so they, I mean... they, they, look, like any great filmmaker may try to make a really good film, he's not looking to just copy something. He's looking to, to do it new, to shock the audience the way they uh-huh. were, the way they were shocked in Psycho. Um, well, I mean, and with this, what we're seeing here, it, I mean, we've seen this house. We don't know how it makes sense yet. We get glimpses, but if he kills her, then he's all we have left to follow, and maybe we can see what the hell's going on here. I, let me tell you a quick story. When I was 20 years old, I was an idiot, and I wore shorts in the rain when I was sick, and I got pneumonia. And I sort of sat in my house with pneumonia for a week. A buddy of mine realized I was sick and close to death, took me to the hospital. I was in the hospital. For, I lost 20 pounds. I was in the hospital for three days. I get out of the hospital. Same buddy asked me what I wanted. I said, bring me to Texas Chainsaw Massacre and get me from Denny's the exact order that um, Notorious B.I.G. orders in Big Papa, something about cheese <laughs> eggs, cheese eggs, Welch's grape or whatever. And I, and I sat and I ate that and I watched this and I got so scared watching this that night by myself, so frail and weak. <laughs> but when this scene kept going and going where, where we're just being subjected to this poor girl being chased through the woods by a giant fat man with a chainsaw, I started to laugh and laugh and laugh just thinking how audacious a horror that scene that was no one had ever really topped that of just like sustained like yeah this is a horror film and this is horror happening right now and i but, felt like i was back to my health when i when i laughed at that moment <laughs> this whole there's this, a 
This whole that... sequence with Marilyn Burns is crazy because, for one thing, she's getting like real cuts and stuff because, like, there's no, there's there's a mix of fake blood and real blood because of all the things she has to run through and all this thing. But just the logic of that's being shown here, where she goes into this house hoping for sanctuary, doesn't work. Guys still coming after her. The, that whole thing of her going up the stairs with like no time to think about anything but jumping out that window. You don't get this often. Like I don't see that. Like so. Like such, the iconic such jumping intensity. out the window, Aaron, because mm-hmm. they replicate that in every Texas Chainsaw Massacre yep. movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this scares me. Like, Some even have one, people jump on Ferris wheels. It's, but yeah, I okay. Agree. We don't need to talk about that movie. It's one thing to have <laughs> like a stalker with a knife or what have you, like slowly coming at you or coming out, you know, jumps out at you. The idea of a you know a crazed person with a chainsaw sprinting after you that gets to me. Like, I don't know how to stop that. Like that. That's like what 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 is my solve for this situation beyond continuing to running for my life forever? Apparently. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. You're right. He's not. He's not a. He's not slow. No, it's not a you know mysteriously pops up in places that you don't expect. It's a I'm gonna keep chasing you and you're just gonna have to deal with it. Wait, would we would we say that Jason runs? No, he runs. He he, no, he no. Jason walks. Jason runs in uh, two through four. It, after from five on, he starts the the walking thing. But yeah, in the he, first, he, put, he puts a little hustle in those. You're right. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> when when but he shoots, it's not, it's not this. He, he runs. Like it's not, it's not, not sprinting right. after you like this. No. Like I said, he just put, he puts in a little more hustle. Well, Leatherface. Well, here's the thing. Leatherface is doing like marathon runs. Leatherface is a big dude huffing around. Yeah, That's a, there's Bowser. a difference. Yeah, yeah. Jason, Jason's pretty just tall and just concise. He's like Leatherface Jason's is like stocky. out of control. Yeah. I can't imagine how. Wait, what's this actress's name? Marilyn what? Marilyn Burns. Burns. Like she just has to be in this scene so exhausted, so out of control, so like. I mean, for what her head state would have to be for a person who's just undergone the last, you know, whatever she's been running. Like, just crazy. Oh, wait, Aaron said you were going to say something about her. What? Well, we're talking about her now because she's the basically the focal point of the rest of this movie of Beyond the Sawyer family. I mean, it's just much like we were talking. I think we were talking off air or something about Shelley Duvall. Like, these things like Mm -hmm. (laughs) the there's not enough credit given to like what these actors have to do to like keep a sustained level of this is the toughest uh, acting yeah like just doing putting all this physical work into these kind of performances like it's easy to say they just scream and run but like there's exhaustion here that you can feel you can see that happening in the face of this person right now (laughs) like it's it's all there but here's here's the thing too when you're on your edge of your seat and you're you're like that means her performance is outstanding if you're with her She's selling it, and I mean, here, yeah. like this, this is this is tougher than any like a a list dramatic uh, role there is probably that year. It's and, certainly comparable at the very least. Like it's there's there's different motivations going on. There's different things you're trying to pull out of yourself to hold on to something like this. But it's physically taxing. It's uh-huh. hard to be convincing because I mean you can go horribly wrong with something like this and. I, I, it doesn't get the respect because the genre never gets the respect. Wait, so but. did she ever be? Did she ever do other stuff? She had a cameo in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation. <laughs> um, so she didn't really become a big actress or anything. No. Is she still around? No, no she, she passed, passed away, away in 2014. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. 
oh yeah, I forgot about all this. We have to. I still- think there was one other significant role she might have had. Oh, this is great, where he's gonna put the bag over her and she's like helter skelter. Oh, she did come back for Texas Chainsaw 3D. Yeah. Um, was that? Was it not Arc? Well, no. Could it be? Because I know Gunner's in it with like archival oh, footage. She was in Eaten Alive with Toby Hooper. Um, oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Future Kill. She's in that. And then didn't have anything till Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation uh, cameo. The, the reveal, too, that oh. like this old man is in on everything. I mean, it's like... Uh, no, nothing stops here. So cruel. Yeah. When you don't know that that's supposed to be his brother or whatever it is, it's such He's... a cruel moment. Yeah, and just watching him like hit her with this broom, <laughs> it's just—it's and just this look on his face, like it's just so grimy. His hair just messed up, and just the way he's holding everything. Well, just a guy like that is adds an unpredictability. If he'd look like in some way like i don't know stronger or something you just know what that guy's able to do him you just give no idea what he's capable of just the the weird kind of old kind of not linky got that goofy smile like yeah you don't know if he's like an old folksy guy or if he's some kind of menace yeah we talked about the remakes a bit what do you guys think of the sequels texas chainsaw 2 is amazing yeah I, i love that one Huge fan. Yancey, you like that one, right? Chainsaw 2 is great. I saw it again recently. Uh, In my heart, I love it as much as this one. I don't know. I guess I'd have to argue this was better, but I do love Chainsaw 2. Yeah, I agree with Brandon. That's a great picture. And boy, is that every bit as graphic as this is not. It's got one of the best (laughs) jump scares of all time, too. Yeah, with Leatherface. Oh, the record record vault. The the record vault. And... Bill Mosley is fantastic. Character of, uh, the Chop character top. is so great. Chop Top. My goodness. Yeah. Who is away at, Viet- away at Vietnam at this point, right? And Caroline Williams yeah. is interesting, too. She's not your typical she's like great. actress she's you put in that, but she's great. That got the worst reviews when it came out. Cisco and Ebert, one oh, star. Of course. Mm-hmm. It's a terrific movie. Like, How could that? Be? How could people be so turned off by the bad Friday the Thirteenth sequel that they're totally turned off to the possibility that another sequel might be good. It just it's a wild Dennis Hopper, wild Dennis Hopper performance in there. But I mean, it is, the Lord of the Harvest. Regard, yeah. I mean, reviews aside, I mean, it's not surprising to me because Toby. It almost feels like Toby Hooper's daring critics to like do something about this. Where it's like, look at us, look at our, look at our ridiculous it, movie with our Breakfast Club spoof poster. Right, it's like, a movie. <laughs> it's a movie that needed time for appreciation. It, it kind of like I it, loved it. I saw that before I saw this for sure. And I loved yeah. it from the first time I saw it at 13 or whatever. So I'm probably wrong about the ages that I saw these, but I loved that from the first moment I saw it. It's I saw still, it like he's still hitting her off the broom, by the yeah, way. He's still hitting her. <laughs> Terrible. Like, Savini did the, the gore for uh, oh, the yeah. effects well, for the second one, too. Like, and, the, the opening and, stuff on the freeway is so like wonderful. <laughs> oh, the opening bloody. thing you mean? Or? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, with the with the two guys in the Corvette That's or the whatever the convertible effect that they pull off. It's a great. There, yeah, there is nothing like, like that movie. There's out. a lot of legit skit because it is You're like right, Brandon, I'm not gonna say really, I'm not gonna it's say got a, it's got a really potent taste to it. It's very different than this. Very, it's yeah, much it's, more direct. It's very specifically and, trying to be the opposite in a lot of ways. It's, it's but it's good. so good and it's so horrifying in its own way. And because it's, it's so still subversive, it's still like trying things. It still has Toby yeah. Hooper being creative. It's not just a matter. I mean, he's he's 
certainly not rehashing it because it's an entirely different story with different focus, but like it, it has so much going on that's, and it still is, it's still, as I was saying, it still is scary. That opening sequence, it has like madcap humor, but it also like, Leatherface is terrifying in that opening sequence yeah. of that movie. And would you underrated. Compare, like, would you compare it to, and I'm just thinking of this because I was writing the Terminator review. Would you compare it to something like, um, uh, what you call Aliens or Terminator 2, where it very much is a different kind of sequel than the original in tone? Yeah, at the ends more, I, I suppose. Valid. Like, yeah, as far as yeah. far as yes, as far as you know, going off of the original and doing, you know, moving into a just new territory altogether. Of course, yeah, it fits that mold. This is a great shot. I like this. Yeah. There's so many great shots in this. We're, not, we're talking over so much of the like production aspects of this film. Well, <laughs> you know, I you know I I could see the alien thing there because they, when they do the third one, I mean, they kind of go back to basics and just make a try to make a solid thing that resembles the first that, one. Is that Leatherface? Yeah, that's Leatherface. That's the one with Ken Foray in it. And, I like uh, Leatherface. I like the third one. Yeah, okay. third one's good. Third one's good. It's got um oh, oh what's his name um from Lord of the Rings, uh, Vigo Mortensen. Yeah, Vigo yeah, Vigo Mortensen. Is so yeah, creepy in that. Yeah, which one's Renee Zellweger? That's the Renee beginning. Zellweger. Or, sorry, that's the uh, the next generation. That's pretty bad, as I remember. That one's that's the fourth woo. one. Yeah. That one's bad. That one tries to tie things into the Illuminati and shit. It's yeah, all... boy, it goes too deep with that. That's and such a bad. That's a really. They got bad. the writer of this movie to come back to direct and write it, and he's like, "This is the real sequel." And the opening scroll even in, in like throws shade at these at Texas Chainsaw two and three as if like these were reports, but they were copycat incidents or something <laughs> like that. Um, well, I was at uh, I was at uh, at at my horror trivia team met last week, and I was there with my wife. And uh, one of the teams, very smartly, they all came as different leather faces. There was like eight leather faces, all very well done, sitting next to us. And one of them was Leatherface with the brace on his leg from the third one. And I was very I applauded him, and I made sure to tell him that's cool. <laughs> Because <laughs> he wears a leather face, wears a brace on his leg in the yeah. third one. That's how you can sort of hear him coming in the swamp or whatever. Gotcha. Which one? Did, 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 oh. did you see the other leather face, the more recent one that was yes. a prequel I, to 3D? <laughs> I like, first of all, I like 3D for what oh, it's worth. No. <laughs> I did. I like 3D. Um, leather face, I, God, I saw it and boy, I can't remember. I watched it. What, a, what a yawner. It's a, it's, I mean, it's, 3D yeah. is so much better because it at least has energy and yeah, is a, it's 3D. pretty good comedy. I, yeah. I couldn't get over 3D's lack of math. It just, oh <laughs> no, that's part of the fun. That's part of the fun. Is yeah, how... but that's, I mean, I, I can't, I can't give it that like unintentionally, like, look how stupid we are kind of, it's like, no, I just and, don't get it. Well, the funny thing was, funny thing oh, with that one is exactly Alexander Daddario does just about, Alexander Daddario does every, just about everything but take her top off in that movie. And then, like months later, star. True Detective, there goes her top. Like, yeah. it's like Texas Chainsaw is like a natural wonder, and she's ama- she's wonderful to have as the lead in that. And the twist in that is great. The big line that Pete loved at the time is great. That it's not a great movie. Yeah, the, that line that line's great. Yeah, that's a great. Like get him, cuz or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a great so. line. Like I, I like that. I'm not saying it's a great movie, but I, I was pretty entertained. Yeah, it was, my, it was one of my worst Forsyth of that year. That, I think, and it's pre- pretty good. Wait, what? Isn't William Forsyth in that? Is he in that? I think, like, as the cop or whatever? No, no, he's in the Rob Zombie. He's in, uh, 
Rob Zombie Halloween. Devil's Rejects, yeah. which, you know, the House of Thousand Corpses is like the ultimate Rob Zombie Loves Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie there is, but... Right. It's crazy that Leather, Leatherface has the... Is, is, is Leatherface like the, the the mom now with the wig? Yeah, yeah he's, he's the mother because he stays at home, cooks, and does the... Cooks the, and cleans. You know, women be in the kitchen type thing. <laughs> weird yeah, like, this time yeah it's, it's like we're we're not focused on her now because you know she's tied up so we're now we're focused on the family dynamic that they have going and it's insane and there is nothing like this say, this blew my mind that we we're like you're sitting here watching all this and just like should i be here like how do i help her like what is <laughs> you, you, it's so uncomfortable and you want it to end and it's like well now i don't because i appreciate the movie but when i first saw it, i was like I didn't know how to handle it. I'd never seen anything like this. Yeah, and now they bring down, like, their Nosferatu grandfather down from the top. Of the yeah. It's like, where is this going? Strangely, I, the, the movies of the era that this kind of reminds me of are, like, John Waters movies. In yeah, a, I In a get certain that. way. Especially these scenes. Which are really just half a step above black black comedy oh yeah at this point yeah i mean that's clearly where hooper wanted to ride with for the sequel where it's like well let's explore that sawyer family more obviously <laughs> like that's the next step here you know i gotta i gotta say and i'm sure uh i'll lose my movie cred for this i'm sure sure aaron would said i've lost it a long time ago i've never seen any of those real uh waters movies i've never seen any of those i've seen of course hairspray but i know what you're talking you're talking about like the ones with divine and everything right well, Divine's in Hairspray, but yeah, I'm talking oh. about the 70s ones. The one with the, uh, is it? Pink Flamingos or? Pink yeah. Flamingos or Polyester, Desperate Living. Are they great? They're really good trouble. They're really good movies. Yeah, very, very good movies. Why is this just not my thing? Like, I've I've seen, um... About Serial Mom? I've seen, well, I've seen, yeah, I've seen, okay. I've seen, his, I've seen really... more of his '90s stuff than anything because I've seen Pecker, yeah, I've seen Serial Mom, I've seen. Um, I, I like Crybaby. Actually, I like Trust that one. Me. Trust me, it's like it, it's night and day. You have to see the pre-Hairspray ones. I love Hairspray, but the ones he did before that, he's a much more interesting underground filmmaker. And some of those movies are really intensely. Um, uh, I don't know what. To say they're hilarious so they're genuinely really really funny and they're in their own way they're very good natured i love i just saw polyester not too long ago with the actual it just got a new criterion blu-ray release I know. oh yeah, god yeah, this I buy yeah that during the sale with the godzilla box um, this shit but, just but, oh grandpa always gave me the willies yeah, yeah because this stuff is just disgusting now <laughs> you know he's like they're like cutting her open and like getting blood out of her then this person like comes she's, back to life she's overpowered by this like feral old man that like died looks like he died two decades ago <laughs> and I love this this stuff right here this zoom out of the house and then it's gonna like oh so is this nightmare over no it's not you're gonna go oh. right back into her she's at the table <laughs> it's like the briefest of pauses that you guys like okay finally the madness is like let up and nope she's awake again and she's still in hell oh, and this and the second one the crazily enough knows how to ramp this up to a whole nother level while they're doing pretty much the same thing with stretch, but to a whole nother degree that just makes it feel like, like the first time again, almost yeah, because you have more dialogue because you have chop top, like interacting with everything also at that point. And right. the whole Plus like Leatherface is like, because Dennis Hopper. Well, even Dennis Hopper is just like yeah, this outside. 
He's the actually... outside force that gets in there eventually. <laughs> well, and they nail her to the to the chair in the in the second one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just tie, and they actually get some hits in on her head with the hammer and stuff. Like it's. And because of the kind of movie is it is it's it's kind of shot more evocatively with POV, so it really intensely gets into her face when she's screaming and reacting. Cuts to her fingers squirming against the chair. Like it's it's they wouldn't have redone it if they hadn't had an idea of a way to do it better. And well, especially at that, it, he's seeing what's going on in the eighties at that point. He's like, all right, like, like I can I can match that. Oh, Wait, I got Savini in my corner. Eighty six. Oh man, so it took twelve years. It's a long. Well, I didn't want a sequel. It was part of yeah. his Canon Films deal. Like if he yeah. he had a, he had inc- he did it. I think dead last he did uh, Life he did Force, Life Force, and Invaders from Mars. Mars, and then was this one. And he's coming. I mean, he's coming off of like having done Poltergeist in '82 at that point. Mm-hmm. So he's like worked with the big. He's worked with the big boys. He worked with Spielberg. He, he had did. a huge hit. Yeah, he did. <laughs> After this, he got uh, with Fun Eaten Alive, uh, Salem's and, Lot. Salem's then, Lot was his. Oh yeah, Salem's Lot profile. For like, yeah, I've never seen that. Is that good? It's pretty. I mean, it's got some creepy, creepy stuff. It moves really. It's seventies television, so it moves slow. But there is a uh, like a film cut of it if you want it shorter. But it, it moves pretty slow. Yeah, we we talked For about seventies um, television. It's pretty damn good though. Yeah, talk, yeah, no, we, it's pretty good. We talked about Hooper in one of our um, other horror specials, and mm-hmm. like. Yeah, the tail end of that career not too great, but I mean that run from this from this movie like onward. There's a lot of just really cool and interesting stuff there. I'm a huge fan of the well, Funhouse. So is Jimmy Pol- O. Yeah, Funhouse is great. great, and Poltergeist is great. Poltergeist is obviously a classic. Well, wait, I thought I thought people said he didn't do Poltergeist. It's, they're they're wrong. They're they're they're, they're they're dumb people. <laughs> no, I thought everyone said Spielberg actually did it. That it's yeah, just because they're wrong. That's people who haven't watched other Toby Hooper films. Yeah. Spielberg thing is Spielberg wrote that script, so of course he wrote it. He produced it. He was around. Like yeah, yeah. it's an Amblin movie. It feels like Spielberg. Like Spielberg said, he loved Spielberg loved this movie. That's why he hired him. He loved Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Nobody says Spielberg directed Gremlins, but it's the same kind of thing as Poltergeist. Yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, there are rumors he must have been very actively on that set, and there was a certain thing where he couldn't direct it right because yeah, he did care a lot about Poltergeist though. That was like he because he he had to choose. He wrote like he made he doesn't yeah. write very often, so yeah, it's, it's more. Pr- and he's he's just hanging out right there. He's making ET next door. I mean, well, and he's I mean, Steven I mean, Spielberg. If he wants guys... to do something, you'd let him. You know, yeah, if, like... the guy, if the guy that's made some like huge, some of the biggest movies of all time wants to come over and be like, "Hey, Zelda Rubenstein, do you want to take some direction for me for a second? I mean, you're not gonna say no. Like, and, and Hoover's a humble guy. He's a quiet, like humble a guy. Movie. That's interesting. Spielberg really did like. He really did shepherd a lot of. I mean, so it's like. Semeckis, Dante, Hooper, like a lot of really, <laughs> he really got a lot of really uh, creative people like to produce mm-hmm. their film. Well, yeah, he's a creative guy. He's not going to find slot, you know, yokels to do his movies. <laughs> like, like they're all, who did Explorers? Is that somebody? That's Dante. That's okay. All right. Like, I'm trying to think of other Spielberg. That's not Spielberg, though. It's Joe, what, Joe Johnson? That's a Spielberg guy. Wait, yeah. did, did he produce a Joe Johnson? Is the Rocketeer Spielberg? Well, I mean, he came out of working for Spielberg. No, Explorers is not Spielberg. Yeah, no, it came out of working for Spielberg, but it's not a Spielberg production. But isn't it yeah. like, but Back to the Future, those are, I thought it's, Amblin. it's, those it's are Zemeckis, Amblin movies, Zemeckis yeah. is uh, like Spielberg Jr. Like that's, 
Yeah, I think the the sort of grand finale for the Amblin era is Roger Rabbit, which may be the is probably the greatest, certainly the greatest Amblin movie, I guess, not counting Spielberg's own movies. Yeah, a lot you of that. Okay, let's dial it back a bit because we <laughs> have like t- five minutes of this movie left. Um, we're getting so much torture has happened to this woman, like right now, sitting at this dinner table, and there's and again, the camera doesn't let up either. In the midst of like showing you these horrible people around her doing craziness and being goofy or whatnot, you get these extreme close-ups on Marilyn Birds' eyes. And it's like, that can't be comfortable to have to film. Like, keep your eyes bug out so you can have a camera right there, inches away, where it's not digital cameras, it's film cameras, where they, like, have to be intensely right on them to, I guess, evoke, what, the sunspots that we were seeing at the beginning of the film? Like, there's so much here that's just because, yeah, this this will be intense. This will be this will make an audience squirm. Like, there's a lot there. Can you imagine, like, being... I mean, because we said that it had mob ties. Can you imagine reading the script for this though, and being like, "And then this happens? You're gonna you're gonna film this? Like, it just must be <laughs> weird." Oh, that's right. It was the, the hammer, right? Yeah, this is the word. Like, where Leatherface is like, "All right, Grandpa, hold the hammer, and you're gonna hit the girl on the head." <laughs> and the hammer keeps <laughs> dropping, and but like still hitting her. It's like this is all brutal stuff. It feels genuine. Like that's the yeah. Which a lot, I mean, it's not a oh. real hammer they're knocking on her head, but I mean, given the circumstances of the filming and like, you know, there's there's a lot of pain being felt, regardless of how intentional or how many props they're using. Wait, so this isn't in the new one, right? They don't have the old grandpa in the room. No, because there's no, there's no, no. The cannibalism stuff in the new one. They have that guy in the wheelchair. They have a guy in the wheelchair the and there's a, is the mama person in like the, is she in the first one? The first remake. There's an old woman. Yeah, there's an old woman. Is Ar- I know she's, she's in the beginning for sure. I'm trying to remember. Is yeah. Arlie Emery like the gas station guy? Is yeah. he? Like, he's like a. He talks to her. Arlie Ermy, not Mark Emery. Ermery, sorry, Ermery, sorry. Arlie Ermy, yeah, no, he's the. I mean, in this, they're all brothers. The, the father is the is the is the is the is the, is the is or the grandfather is the is the corpse looking guy, but the the older look the guy that beats her with the broomstick is Leatherface's brother, not his father. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know. All that in mind, I mean, the remake is still more of like a remix than like an exact one to one. Which well, is why it, it, it's it daytime works. now. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. daytime again. The idea of the scary early army brother character who is abusing his sheriff badge, which is great. It's like a Stephen King thing or something. Well, that's the only thing that's scary in that movie to me. That's the other thing. Leatherface isn't scary to me in that remake. That was a big problem I had with it. It's not as good as this. Almost well, no horror not. movie I mean, is as good yeah. as this. But, you this know, is like... as, as I said, there aren't enough really good horror movies for that to be dismissed because it's called The Next Chainsaw Massacre. The title should sure, be and again, I, I, I saw the movie 15 the years ago at this point, so like, if I see it again at some point, maybe I'll have a new appreciation. I just, I, it you know. Here we go. This is, life, Aaron. this is some shit where he just keeps slashing away her yeah, on the, he's on the still back. still cutting her in the back. Leatherface is there chasing after her. And she can one. barely move, like... Isn't he slashing away at her in the Yeah, he's like, that's what we're just saying. Yeah. He's slashing her back right now. <laughs> again, it's repeated. It's oh, strange. It's... Wait, is this gonna be the truck or well, let's see? Wait. Yeah, the truck's coming. Uh, he's gonna be. He's gonna get ermied. Uh, oh. <laughs> it's like the du- oh, the dummy they use for this too is perfect. Oh. <laughs> and this, the, 
if there's one, I mean, I know, Yancy, you've talked about things that make you laugh. This makes me laugh. Oh, the, this, guy, this yeah. truck driver gets out, Huge. sees the situation, he's like, oh, hell no, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, shoot. thank you. This That's is great, yeah. Oh, hell no. Black Maria? Yeah, there was a Black Maria edition uh, Blu-ray when yeah. uh, one of these came out. They came in the truck. Wait, why doesn't he take off on the truck? Why isn't he... Leatherface is not upset. Like, oh, we got, because there's a guy up a chain side his door. He, you know, adrenaline. I don't know why you're acting at this point. <laughs> He's, He's a giant guy face. himself. Got some tight pants. I like this. Throws a like throws a wrench at him. <laughs> oh, it hits his leg. Oh, yeah. He gets a little bit. Oh, of a, he gets a boo. He gets a boo boo. Some meat. That's the only really gory shot in the movie, isn't it? Yeah, pretty. Yeah. Well, pretty, he has the brace. The only one that's explicitly gory. Well, and yeah, truck driver's like, he's out of here. <laughs> truck driver's out of here at this point. He is gone. He is running. He's out of here. This truck comes up. Is like, I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> this whole, like, this is the last, like, two minutes of this movie, and it's still insane. But and there's, I love how, like, just no conclusion there is except for, get the hell out of here. Get on there. Get on there. Jesus, get on. Oh, take like, off. I like how the truck, we don't even need to see the truck driver. He's just like, get whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> that's true. That's good. That's and like, true, it yeah. could end here. It's like, look at this horror that's happening. But instead, let's get like this abstract dance number. Like, I love this. <laughs> it's a wonderful, wonderful close to this film. Cause it's like, this, this is just, this is just the madness in visual right here. What, what did we just see? This is a pretty good representation of what we just saw. <laughs> like... Wow. Wait, so this is a brilliant ending. I this I mean, it's just the, everything about that thrills me. It's, he's just he's just spinning in circles of his chain. There's no, you know, let's see what happens to Marilyn Burns. There's no let's see what's going on with the just whatever. <laughs> like, Wait, so, and I want to know big kid. He... He's a big kid swinging like swinging his chainsaw, you know. Uh-huh. Now I'm curious how the Jessica Biel one ends. I think it's, it's I think more Jessica... Pat. But it's it's um. There's a Blair Witch inspired. Army. There's a Blair Witch inspired scene where invest. There's investigative footage that goes in the basement of the house and Leatherface uh, knocks awesome. him over. Yeah, yeah that's kind of lame. Because like like they kill Army. They kill Arlie Army. Run him over a bunch of times. Jessica Biel gets out of there. Leatherface comes out like the like he's cut off his own arm at that point, hasn't he? Something like that. She cuts, cuts his cut arm off. Oh yeah, yeah, he, he cuts cut his, his arm, arm off. off. But, but uh, like he still he still like pops out at the last second to try to scare Jessica Biel. Like she chops off. it with like a, a she has a hatchet and she chops his arm off. Yeah, but uh, like yeah. but but after she's driving off after running over Ermy, she like he Takes pops out again. He's like I'm still around, but then but, yeah, then it cuts to the documentary stuff and it's like oh he's still in the house blah blah blah. It's a good but, movie, not great, but it's good. So I mean, uh, so everybody here, I'm assuming we all think this is is an incredible. A landmark movie. It's a masterpiece of horror. Like, yeah. It's yes, that ending is. I mean, this whole movie is one. But like, just how you close something like this, no movie would do that now. There's no movie that's going to be like, let's just have the villain like no res no resolution whatsoever, just a sort of abstract dance number that's taking place. <laughs> no movie that was decided on by committee, certainly not. Mm -hmm. Just all around good. Oh, <laughs> there's so many things. He wanted to make this PG. He thought he could I get know. away with a PG rating. Well, that's why no gore. Yeah, he thought because obviously. because there was no gore in this movie. He's like, we can make this PG, can't we? We can get by with that. They did not agree. The uh, the title right. was originally going to be Head Cheese, till they changed right. that one. 
Because uh, uh, he made a film before this called Eggshells. Hmm. I'd go with head cheese would go with eggshells. That fits. So is yeah. so is Leatherface worth watching? I've never seen that one. Oh, Stephen Dorff's in it. It's not good. It's not, <laughs> it's not good. Peter, no one should get excited because Stephen Dorff's in the Leatherface <laughs> movie. <laughs> It's not like he's like going off like somewhere with Sofia Coppola of the Leatherface movie. Oh, I did like it. Hey, he's great in True Detective. Come on. Yeah, he's good in oh, things. Yeah. But this like, is this seeing, is audition seeing, for True Detective. Is that Leatherface movie? If I'm saying Leatherface, I'm not thinking. Oh man, well, the dwarf, they got Dorf in this. <laughs> um, but you, so Yancey, you would actually say that you you would put this and the second one on equal footing. They're both just in my pantheon. I would. It's I closer than most agree. people would like to think. Exactly. Agreed. Exactly. Right. Aaron, it's a highly enjoyable feature. At the same time, it's like I, it's the kind of like favorite versus best type of situation where I put two next to it because they're very enjoyable films to watch as horror movies. But in terms of like, what's the best movie of these? I mean, the first the first one is easily like the bet the better of the two films but there's still like so much working about it in the same way that like i don't know evil dead and evil dead 2 work so well together well i'm i watched i watched texas just now on um shutter uh i know it was on netflix but i watched on shutter and so after i finished it shutter uh recommended revenge which i've already seen and i really liked slumber party massacre which i just saw and mandy which i have not seen you Have seen you guys... Mandy? Mandy? Oh, man. Have you guys seen it? Yeah, Mandy's great. Mandy's awesome. I haven't seen it, but it looks great. I saw the trailer and it looked great. Oh, you'll be, be Yancy, you'll, you'll be all about it. It's Mandy. no it's theme a... park, I'll tell you yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta check it out. It, it's a great mix of mood piece and, like, 70s grindhouse stuff. Like, you'll, you'll be right into the vibe of that film. Nicolas Cage trying... I mean, you ripped my shirt. To be fair, Nicholas Cage always tries. It's just the movie around him is not always good. Yeah. Um, regardless, we've talked about this movie. We're we're well past the end of it at this point. Um, I've we've it's only eighty three minutes, so I knew we had to like kind of jump in and talk about as much as we could to 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 pack in as much information we can about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is wonderfully spelled chain space saw for this one. While the the every other one since then is correctly spelled chainsaw um all of that in mind uh, this has been fun where can people find more of your guys' work online brandon uh w- uh why so blue you can find my written stuff and cults in my cavalcade is uh, my podcast uh we just recently had a uh, month of horror features we just did two uh recently did pieces which is a uh batshit crazy slasher film that i think everyone should see because it, it's exactly what you think it is I, I I watched that on uh, I borrowed that from Yancey. I like that movie. That's great. Peter Paris, where can people find more of you? Uh, I am at uh, Y Sub Blue, and you can follow me uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Pajamo. Yancey, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, pieces is great. Were you talking about Pieces, the 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 the, the, the weird slasher movie? Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, I have to read those pieces. I haven't re- I haven't read them or or, or heard the. Uh, Anyway, um, Milky Way Blues, more coming soon, I promise. Thank you guys for having me. For sure. You can find me at Wheel of Entertainment and YSoBlue.com and on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. You can find our podcast over at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Audio Boom. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and all that. Um, 
Yeah, that's uh, gonna do it for this uh, special commentary episode. What's next? November? What do we got? What's what's no what's November have in store for us? What commentary is gonna we do? Um, Frozen. Frozen. <laughs> Talk about Frozen. <laughs> um, let's see. Twenty Bridges. Is that a is 20... that just a movie in my mind? Ah. Something starring Jeff Bridges. So... <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk about Arlington Road. There um, we go. <laughs> it's the, what year was that? 98? We can celebrate the 21st anniversary of Arlington Road. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll come up with something. Something for sure. Um, all of that said, Brandon, you've been on a couple of these uh, horror episodes. And it, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think we had a lot of good uh, discussion going on oh, this, uh, great. this month. Um, packed in a lot of info. A lot of cool films to recommend to people and everything. Um, so yeah, find all those episodes as well on iTunes or whatnot. Uh, but yeah, until next time, we come up with a new commentary track, and until our next uh, upcoming episode, which will be uh, at the time of this recording, Terminator: Colon Dark Fate. That's gonna do it. So until then, till next time, so long, and goodbye.